This episode of the YVR Screen Scene Podcast is brought to you by Fish Flight Entertainment. This episode was sponsored in part by listeners like you. Join our Patreon community and receive early access to episodes, bonus content, stickers, buttons, and more. Visit www.patreon.com slash YVR Screen Scene Podcast. Welcome to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast, where we pull back the curtain and expose the beating heart to the Vancouver film and television industry, namely the actors and filmmakers and other talented artists who do the work. Capital T, capital W. I'm Sabrina Ronnie Furminger. On February 24th, 2022, Russia invaded Ukraine. Or rather, it further invaded Ukraine. Technically, the war began eight years ago when Russia invaded and annexed Crimea. And honestly, Putin's disdain for Ukraine has been simmering for a long time. And actually, so has Russia's. Google the Holodomor if you'd like to learn more. But February 24th marked an escalation in the war. There's no doubt about it. An overnight Ukraine a beautiful country of 44 million people, was sent into chaos. Approximately one quarter of Ukraine's total population fled from their homes, and more than 7.4 million Ukrainians left the country, marking Europe's largest refugee crisis since the end of the Second World War. Canada, home of one of the largest populations of Ukrainians outside of Ukraine, has approved the applications of more than 130,000 Ukrainians seeking refuge from the war. Kristina Sivolap was among the first to arrive. Kristina is from Kyiv. She arrived in Canada with her eight-year-old daughter nearly three months ago. Her husband is still in Ukraine because men aged 18 to 60 aren't allowed to leave the country. The reason I'm telling you about Christina on this film and television industry podcast is because she's like so many of the people who appear on this show. She's a filmmaker. Christina is a commercial director who has directed television, short films, and an award-winning feature film. She's a member of the Ukrainian Film Academy and was on Forbes magazine's list of Ukraine's 30 Under 30 for 2021. And on February 24th, 2022, Christina's life changed. For the moment, at least, her life is here, and she wants to work in her field. But working in our industry is not quite as simple or straightforward as you might hope it would be. Today, Christina is going to tell her story, and we're going to talk through the myriad of challenges faced by film professionals who arrive from Ukraine with their lives and want to get to work. Christina Sivolap, La Scavo Prossimo Do, the Wyvere Screen Scene Podcast. Daku. Hi. Wow. <laughs> what an introduction. I, I even feel I have nothing to say after that. You know, you, you told me. Well, I hope you have something to say because uh, we got an episode to fill here. Yeah, okay, no, Christina? Of course. Of course, I'm joking. Uh, the, the one thing is that I arrived two months ago, not three. Two months ago. Yeah, like, so f- more than three months ago, the war started. Yeah. And for the first um, months, like for 12 days, I stayed in Ukraine. Then for months, I stayed in Poland because mm. um, you have to wait for a visa before coming to Canada. Right. So, yeah, it took us a month uh, to wait for all the documents be done. And then we came here in the beginning of April. Yeah. The beginning of April. Okay. Well, I want to go back in time to before before the beginning of of April, and honestly, before February twenty fourth. Mm-hmm. Tell me about tell me about your life in Kiev. What kind of work were you doing? You know, tell me about about you know the the Ukrainian film and television industry and your place in it. Oh yeah, I would love to tell about it. Um, so you know. In the last ten years, uh, Ukrainian film industry were was was doing a great job. Hmm. A lot of young filmmakers uh, around, I don't know, 27 years old, directed yeah. big films that were on Cannesville Festival, you know? So, like, um, big things happened, and we 
felt that, okay, here is the moment when we will just um, continue doing that and the world will hear about Ukrainian films because mm. we felt um, a lot of great things going on. Industry itself, like independent history of Ukrainian cinema started 30 years ago after a Soviet Union collapsed. Right. And uh, so it's pretty young, you know. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, there is not much of private investment there. Um, but this is a government who financed cinema. So um, on in the beginning of 22nd year, uh, there were big, big money announced for a film industry. And we were so happy because it was like a, the most huge amount of money was supposed to, um, to, to be developed into film. Yeah. But uh, then the war started and all this money went, of course, to the army. So we cannot predict like what will be in the industry after the war will end, mm. when will it be? And like, there is, it, it's impossible to plan anything about it. Right. Um, but I feel that the world, it would be very interested in Ukrainian stories. It is interested now, we see that. Uh, this year, Cannes Film Festival well, held a lot of Ukrainian movies, which is, great thing for for us uh, for Ukraine um, but I feel that we need to tell our stories about this war mm. um, and uh, this film films need to be financed in the future and this is the question where to get those money you know right. when Ukraine cannot fund them anymore like f for now for now yeah. and there is that for now, it seems like there are a lot of similarities between how um, Ukraine funds its film industry and as well the Canadian independent filmmakers here relies heavily on government grants, you know, as yeah, well. Yeah, which is great. Yeah. But at the same time, it's it's hard to plan your life, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is the hardest thing. Yeah. This was the hardest thing for me. Yeah, because... that's so similar. So tell me a bit about uh, the kind of films that like you were making. Like, what is a Christina Sivilop film or story? Oh wow, nice question. Thanks. <laughs> so yeah, my my short story about like my film career. Uh, so I studied directing, and uh, right after my studies, I directed a short film. It's called Not Today. And uh, it won a big Italian festival, Trieste Film Festival. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, it had a great festival history, actually. Uh, after that, a big production company, Film UA, um, hired me as a TV show director, mm. a big TV show, 16 episode. Uh, I was 24 back then. It was uh, <laughs> a, a big challenge for me. 24-year-old yeah. director, a 16-episode season. Yeah. And... Uh, wow. It was challenging, <laughs> but I was... I was... I, I wanted to do that, you know? Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, let's try. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> so this is my approach to the, to the whole mm. film industry. I'm like, I feel this fear, but at the same time... I feel I just have to try. Mm, feel the fear and do it anyway. <laughs> kind of, kind of, yeah. yeah. Wow. After that, I directed two more TV shows, like small ones, four episodes. And uh, after that, a big feature film happened to me. Um, it's a period piece, but it's like half fantasy, half drama, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like Emily, but... In 1900s, I would describe it like this. Like uh, Amelie, but in the 1900s. Wow. Yes. So it's Amazing. called Vidana um, in Ukrainian. Uh, it's based on book, Felix Austria, which is a bestseller in Ukraine. And it was translated into, I don't, I don't remember, like 10 languages. It's a huge, great book. And um, yeah, this was happened right 
like this happened right before COVID started and we were very happy to present this film in cinemas in January. Um, and then I was working on two scripts. Um, but now, <laughs> from February 24th, I feel that these scripts are just irrelevant and mm. um, probably I would direct them one day where I need to change them somehow. But yeah, for now, there they're, are like, they are about different world you yeah know? so they're I like a time capsule i guess of where you were in that yeah in yeah. that different so world i, I don't know what to do with those projects yeah. i love them i spent a lot of time doing them i wrote them with my husband he's a script writer yeah we worked a lot to make those scripts and they are ready to be done you know mm. to be filmed but still, I don't know. Like, I will just leave them alone. For, for a moment. Yeah, yeah, for a moment. <laughs> we'll see. Um, February 24th. How did you, how did you find out, though? How did you find out that Putin had invaded, further invaded Ukraine? Oh, uh, I found out, like many Ukrainians did that day. Uh, I just woke up. Uh, I just woke up because of the sounds of explosions. Um yeah, at five in the morning. <laughs> so, like, this feel like I would, n I'd never forget this day and what I felt. I even can't describe it actually because this fear I had, um, it's, it can't be described in yeah. words. I don't know. So, firstly, I didn't believe that. Hmm. Um, my husband woke up first and he, was like, did you hear that? And there are explosions. And I'm like, no, 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 it's something different. Yeah. You know, I just refused to believe. But then I heard them again. And then we went online and just everybody was saying the war has started. Yeah. And like, <laughs> um, I'm sitting in my apartment in the center of the capital of European city. Hmm. Um, and I just can't believe this, you know, the thing I thought at that moment that thanks God it happened at five in the morning and I didn't like, and my daughter didn't go to school this mm. day. This, this is, was like, I was thinking about this, you know, yeah. because I, I didn't know <laughs> if it happened if she was a school that time. So we started thinking what to do. We made calls, our friends called us. Someone was um, already in the car going somewhere. I just woke up. I didn't get my things gathered. You know, the thing is we were, we were told about Russia will invade Ukraine soon. I don't know, maybe for a month before. Yeah. And um, we, like, I personally didn't want to believe in that. Mm. So my friends went, like, my friends were telling me that they gathered all the documents. They had this bag of, um, we call them anxious, um, luggage you know yeah i have one i call it a dash bag in case oh, really? there's an earthquake it's like the stuff okay. that you need in case you got to run out the door oh really i yeah. never had those yeah and uh, yeah my second thought was oh my god why didn't i gather those stuff everybody told me to do that but mm. i refused to believe i never did it and i just started to gather something but i didn't know what because i didn't know where to go for how long and yeah. like what's going on you know like so I was so stressed I was starting to gather something but I didn't know why yeah. <laughs> and like what for yeah um but then the more complicated thing came out um so I have to wake up my eight-year daughter Oof. and tell her something and tell her why she won't go to school right now. Um, 
and <laughs> you know we just for, for like we for the first day uh, and few more days after that i felt i can't pronounce the world the word war mm. like i just can't say it because uh, <laughs> because i refuse to believe yeah so i just told her that it's not like it's unsafe right now to go to school we have to stay at home and we have to stay in the corridor so we spent a day and night like this it was the worst thing because yeah because just you you still can't believe this and to know what to do yeah and on the second day we went to my parents house it's in Rivne it's western Ukraine mm -hmm. And I had to drive um, all the way there, um, which was scary because it's 300 kilometers, but it took us 10 hours to get there because uh, everybody was going out of Kyiv. Yeah. The traffic was so crazy and um, yeah, that it took just that time, you wow. know. And uh, everybody was going to the west to some someone went to cross the border right away. And it's just but it's the 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 only option to get out just this road. There is no other road, no planes, nothing. You mm. just have to drive that long. That It is the only option. Yeah. And we like I drove there, and there was ex there were explosions like right in in the sky, and while um, you're driving, yeah, yeah, and a lot of military tanks, um, planes. Vehicles, yeah. It was very scary, and my daughter was so scared, and she was asking a lot of questions, and I had no answers. Yeah. You know, like I. I don't know. I'm just thinking of, okay, I have to drive and my hands are shaking all the 10 hours. My hands were shaking because, but I feel like I just have to drive. I cannot go back. I just need to go forth forward. And, um, yeah, I did it somehow. Um, when we came there to my parents' home, um, it appeared that that day, near the Kyiv, the bridge, bridges were destroyed, they were bombed, and um, it was impossible to get that highway the next day, yeah. the, the highway that I drove that in the morning. Yeah, wow. So the next day, it was even longer ride to the Western Ukraine. Oh my gosh. So um, yeah, situation changed like every hour, you just, you didn't know what what option is better like mm. no one taught us how to act when war starts you know yeah this was something i never like i heard a lot of stories while i was a child at school yeah we were studying a lot about the war i saw a lot of movies about it but i never had this plan yeah. <laughs> what would you do when explosions uh, happen right and next to your window yeah so yeah the, i feel there were no right or wrong we just did how we felt a lot of my friends left in kiev uh, a lot went abroad mm. and uh, a lot went abroad and then went back to ukraine now um I felt I just need to, I just need my daughter to be in the safe place, you yeah. know, so I'm responsible and I don't want her to have this traumatic experience because it's, it's something that will stay with her for the, her whole life. And we are adults, we kind of, we understand politics or we try to understand it mm. like we can answer some questions why is that so but how could you explain it to a kid that just wants to run in the street and go to school mm. and uh, she has to sit in the corridor because of explosions like why 
why does she need to experience all that you know and um it is there is this terrifying statistics which uh, is updating every day how many children will were killed in ukraine mm -hmm. during this war so it's almost 300 of kids were killed like uh, when i see this number i'm like why why this world has to be like this yeah. you know I, like, i have just questions and no answers so um yeah like I felt this is just my responsibility as a mother, um, just to yeah take her to a safe place. But the choice was difficult because my husband couldn't go with us. Right. So I had this choice of going somewhere with my daughter, just two of us, or staying together but not in a safe place. Mm. And I have friends that decided to stay together, and I, I. I feel I appreciate their choice. It's great and it's brave, you know. But yeah, I made it like this. You are you are brave as well. You've been through an incredible traumatic ordeal. I'm so glad you're here. How did you decide on Canada or was that decision made for you? I I, I mean it speaks to my ignorance. I as somebody who hasn't had to think about what what happens because i i would never think i'm in vancouver you know just like how you think i'm in kiev it's not it wouldn't happen you mm -hmm. know yeah. but it, it happens so how so i don't know how it works like how did you end up in canada um yeah you know so kind of i didn't have choice because i had to move somewhere abroad mm -hmm. but this at the same time i had choice because the rest of the world except russia belarus and ukraine which is unsafe for now is kind of big and you kind of have choice so first we went to poland because it's close and um i had a friend there who hosted me and my family i went there with my mom and my sister and my daughter um Mar Mariana, I, I want to say hi to you. So she's a leading actress in my feature film. She Her name is Mariana? Yes. She's she, my daughter's name. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I love the name. So and she's the feature actress in your film? Yes, okay. yes. She's, she's from Poland. She's from Warsaw. And I never knew that, you know, the girl whom, w with whom I worked will just save my life, literally just hosting at her apartment, me and my family from the war. Sounds crazy if somebody told me that three years ago. I would never believe that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we went to Warsaw because there was somebody, you know, just just this is the point. And uh, we lived there for a month. And uh, how I chose Canada, because I do have a friend here also. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm just, um, I feel I felt that I can't go in a place where I know where know anybody. You know, I just yeah. need someone to hug when yeah. I when I just come out from the plane. Yeah. So, um, Ola, my childhood friend, we were roommates while we were students, and yeah, we we were very close, um, living in Rivne and then in Kiev, and she moved to Canada to Vancouver maybe 10 years ago mm. and she married Canadian so she's Canadian Ukrainian now and yeah she invited us and she told that she would help me with everything with accommodation with the documents this boring bureaucracy stuff so you know. much paperwork <laughs> yes, a lot a lot too much of it <laughs> and yeah this was the first reason and the second was that it's English speaking and I do speak English and I felt I'm I don't have energy to study different language now. Mm -hmm. I know people that went to Germany right now, for example, and they study German there. I I just don't oh have gosh. that energy. I just want to speak language I know. The third reason was that I heard that Vancouver has a film industry. Oh, you're setting up my next question yes. so well, Christina. So <laughs> I thought, okay, I think Vancouver is the option. Right. So at what... 
at what point did you, so I know I mean I know you've got your daughter she's already settled in school here we've we yeah, spoke about school. this before yeah and she's like learning English really fast and having a great time which I'm so happy yeah, to hear that so at what point then did you start thinking about working again uh, you know, I I am very grateful that Canada welcomes Ukrainian refugees so well, and um, even this financial support which appeared not long ago. This is a huge, huge help, and people are so supportive. I feel it every day, mm. and uh, family. Canadian family who hosted me and my daughter. They're the nicest people in the world, honestly, and I feel this support a lot. But I'm the person, I don't want to just sit mm. and just wait, you know. I I love doing job. I love working. And I want to contribute to the place where I am. And the thing I am best at is my profession, you know. I'm director and I love this and I feel I can do that. So I felt probably in the months when I ended up with all boring documents, um, <laughs> already got my work permit, bank yeah. accounts and number, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> then I felt, okay, I feel I have energy to work. I would yeah. love to do that. And I feel I have, um, I have something to tell. I have energy and I have, um, opportunities to do that you know yeah. so and you have experience you've yeah, directed 24 episodes of television and a feature film and you know other projects so you know what <laughs> it's funny because as I as I'm thinking about the question to ask I'm like I've you and I connected because you had posted on a Facebook group that that serves you know women filmmakers uh, so, so I know that you were do, you were doing some outreach so maybe you can tell me tell me and my listeners about some of the steps you know like how you've tried to get to know people in the industry and and what you've encountered as you have sought out work um so I'm in the point where I met a lot of people already and uh, a lot of them are great and very interesting people to talk to uh, I tried different things. So yeah, I like my Facebook post was the only thing I, I posted in Facebook yeah. <laughs> for now, you know. <laughs> I uh, I thought about it, that it's a bit creepy. I don't know why. But then I'm like, okay, I'll just try. Yeah. <laughs> and then I found you and we are sitting yeah. here and uh, recording this podcast, which is great because... And not creepy at all. Yes, not creepy. <laughs> and which is great because this is my first English and English speaking interview Incredible. ever and it's like a stressful moment for me actually but I think it's going pretty well okay thanks it's going well <laughs> so um I tried to connect um to different people firstly I reached to producers from Ukraine that I know uh, my producer of the feature film Nadia Zainchkovska she is she worked in the industry for a long time and I asked first her like do you know any of Canadian producers so she connected me to some people and I went and met them and those people connected me to some different people and those people connected me to different people mm -hmm. and like this is how it worked yeah so I'm like the people I'm meeting they're connecting me to different people and I already met I don't know tens of different producers and uh, directors and actors like great great people and um, I feel now I know much more about the industry than two months ago mm -hmm, about Canadian mm -hmm. industry of course um, but um, I had this feeling that it's not that easy mm. to get into directing Yeah, I don't have the answer yet how yeah. to do that <laughs> actually is do, like in your experience like what what are things that we can do better as an industry to accommodate film professionals including directors who are refugees from war-torn countries you know and like 
What do you think are the benefits to the industry of opening it up to film professionals who are refugees? Because I, I, I will add, as you're, as you're pondering this, I will add, I tweeted out, so before you and I had our, had our lunch, a week before, I, because I didn't know anything about, like, what happens if you're a fully accredited, you know, uh, director who's a refugee. So literally, no choice. You've had to leave your industry. You had to leave your home, you know, who comes here and wants to work. So I was like, I tweeted it out and I tagged like, like the producers union and the director's union and the actor's union. Because I'm like, well, like what, what, what can someone do if they want, if, you know, they are a professional and they come here not through any choice or fault of their own and they want to work and they have something to contribute and I the answer I got was nothing. Really? <laughs> I had a lot of people retweeting Aww. it. Um, and I think there are people who were following that thread, you know, because they're like, oh, that's interesting. And mm-hmm. I want to know. Yeah, I want to know because it's a good question. But I <laughs> have not been able to get any answers. So that's actually one of the things that I'm hoping that we can we can start today mm-hmm. is to ask the questions for a larger audience and get some answers, you know, because I feel like there are a lot of benefits you know, to to everybody involved, to the, to the professionals, obviously, who are get, who will be getting work and able to contribute and to do what they they know how to do and love to do, but also to the industry that is welcoming other voices, you know, and other ways of doing things. I I, I just yeah. I even I spoke so long just now. I forget what my original question was, Christina. I remember that, <laughs> and thank you for that. But I I'm, I'm not sure I have the answer. Okay. <laughs> so I I can't just tell about my experience how I tried, but I don't know. Like I feel the industry is very closed mm-hmm. and it is very about the credits, but you know, but I'm but then I'm saying, but I do have credits. Look at my filmography yeah. and somebody's saying, "Yeah, but you don't have English speaking something directed." And I'm like, but um, our industry looks the same. Yeah. And I am good at English, which makes me kind of um, eligible to direct something in English if you give me that chance, right? right? And another thing is this unionized world, which I can't get into because... Um, to get into the union, you have to be a resident. Right. Which I'm obviously not. Yeah. I'm Ukrainian with a Ukrainian passport. And uh, I cannot be a resident right away, right now. I just have a work permit mm-hmm. for three years, for which I'm um, grateful. But, okay, what, like, why can't I join? a union on somehow, I don't know, exceptional membership or mm. some, let's, you know, sometimes I'm thinking let that people let us invent something. Yeah. You know, this is the exceptional situation. I never planned that Russian bombs will start killing my people. Yeah. I never planned that I have to take my passport and no clothes and just go out of my home where all of my plants will die. <laughs> I just, uh, sorry, I just received um, pictures of my plants a day before. Somebody and took pictures of your plants? But yeah, th- yeah. My, my husband went back to Kyiv um, and he sent me the pictures of the plants. Oh. <laughs> I just loved my plants. <laughs> Yeah, but this is you're like, thank you, husband, for sending me pictures of my plan. Uh, actually, I asked him. Oh, you did? You yeah. wanted to know how they were doing? Yeah. Oh, and they're, they're doing really bad. Oh. So, you know, I never chosen this. Yeah. And I would never choose that if someone asked me. Yeah. <laughs> so why don't we, the people who are staying in a safe place in a strong, beautiful country would help somehow to invent um, um, an option for a refugee director, filmmaker to somehow get into the industry faster than it would be in a normal situation, you know? Yeah. Some of the answers uh, were really toxic when I asked some people in the industry. Um, Mostly they were 
Ukrainians that went here to Canada long ago mm. and I was asking them oh hi can we meet can we have coffee I would like to ask you how did you get into the industry and I got these answers like well how everybody does you just go and work as a PA production assistant for like I don't know five ten years then you get um, another position and then it to take took me like I don't know 15 years to do that yeah so just do that and I'm like okay <laughs> you don't get it I'm in a bit different situation you know it wasn't my choice yeah. I don't want to work as a PA sorry but like I'm <laughs> I I'm a bit overqualified. I, I don't know if I'm supposed to say so, but I feel that. Yeah. You know, so I would not, I would like, love to do what I can do. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I feel that the industry didn't invent this option mm-hmm. yet, but it yet. feels that it has to do something with it. Yeah. Yeah, it might be a a situation where, um, I don't know if we want to put our hands up and say we want to be part of pushing for this change, but we might have to. We might have to because if, if, like, well, I think what we're doing here today is important because we are identifying the problem. Yeah, for sure. We are identifying that the system as it is now, it's not serving anybody. what will it mean to you to work in Canada as a director? Either financially, you know, or or also just like in your soul. I would feel I'm, I'm still able to do what I can. And um, I would feel that war didn't destroy my whole life. Mm. because um, for now I feel that yeah (laughs) and if I had a chance to work to continue doing what I love to do I would feel much better Uh, of course it's also a financial thing because living here is expensive uh, according to Ukrainian money because uh, yeah (laughs) when I would tell you Ukrainian prices on bus, for example. Mm-hmm. It's, um, I don't know, maybe, let me count. I see some live it's like, currency conversion going on right it's now. It's like 40 cents. What? You know? Com- yeah, just the bus ride. Comparing to three dollars. Oh wow! And Wait, like, I didn't realize it was three dollars. Now, oh yeah. my goodness! So, um, everything is like that, yeah. and I have some savings in Ukrainian money, yeah. <laughs> which is irrelevant to Canadian life. Mm-hmm. Which is, I understand why, but still, I feel that staying here needs me to earn money here. Yeah, but also I feel that I can contribute and I can have this experience here in the industry um, which would help me in the future. Maybe I would make a great Ukrainian movie one day or Ukrainian Canadian movie or Mm. you know like I feel I need this um, experience for my future as long as I'm here already. (laughs) You know I I am in Vancouver so why not to try and and just have this new um, experience in my life. How do you think the last few months have changed you as a director? Or or how do you think that this entire experience of your life since February 24th will impact the kinds of stories that you'll want to tell in the future? Oh, I have a lot of stories to tell. So I even started a new notebook of notes writing notes about it because a lot of ironic sad stupid funny terrific different stories happen to me every day Mm. um a lot of weird dialogues i have with 
different people <laughs> whom I meet here and how it's very interesting to explore how do people see Ukrainians, how they see refugees, how they imagine a lot of Canadians imagine that Ukrainians don't have internet now. No. Yes, uh, like a lot of people <laughs> asked me that, like, how do you speak to your family? And I'm like, what? Well, we have internet. And they're like, oh, really? Is that Elon Musk who did it? And we're like, um, oh, my God. Oh, and Canadians. Yes, yes. And, it, <sighs> like, you know, this is like... This is a great dialogue for my future movie. I would definitely leave it there. And and like Oh my gosh. At least you're getting something. You got something out of it. You got yes. content for your notebook. Oh yes, a lot of it. A lot of it. And I I I feel I need to tell people that hey, we are modern people like you are. Yeah. We are just the same with our own own culture, our great lives, our like you know hipster we, cafes. Yes, yeah. <laughs> we ride the same cars as you do. We have internet, which is much more cheaper than yours. Oh, and we have like twenty gigabytes per month of mobile internet, and not mm. three like you do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so like we have even benefits because um, I don't know, just because. And you know what? I even had a chance to um, visit a commercial set a week ago. And I was so surprised that the set looks the same as mm. in Ukraine. Even people dress the same. Yeah. <laughs> this made me funny. Like the crew in hoodies and stuff. Yes, and yes, yep. the same. Same shoes, <laughs> same everything, same hairstyle, same tattoos <laughs> on their hands. So, like, we are the same. The hey, same. we and we have internet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm la I'm crying and laughing. Oh, amazing. Amazing. Um have you have you been able to watch anything or stream anything since the war started? You know, like as far as like as far as like your ability, you know, going through the trauma that you've been going through and your husband's, you know, still in, in Ukraine, like, are you able to consume entertainment at all? Like, how is it, especially you for somebody to, to watch movies? To, yeah. Can you watch movies? Can you watch mm -hmm. TV? You know, I mean, this is an industry that you worked in. How is it serving you now? This is a great question. We talk about it a lot on our Instagram pages with Ukrainians yeah. because, yeah, we kind of experience the same thing. So for the first month, it was almost impossible. I'm I'm a bookworm. I love reading. Mm -hmm. And this is something that I just need to do for a living. You know, I yeah. just enjoy it. And I have to read. And I felt that I can't. Mm. I just can't. You just scroll the news every day. And this is all you're reading. Yeah. This was happened. This, this happened for the first week or two. But then I felt that I have to start reading again, just from a mental health. I just need to keep myself living yeah. because I'm alive. And this is such a luck when you're Ukrainian in 2022. Mm. So, yeah, I started reading again. With movies, it was more difficult for me. I don't know why. Uh, I, I tried to watch some war movies and it was horrible it was the worst idea Oof. i ever done yeah so i watched um pianist how you say how you pronounce but the it? pianist P pianist okay so i watched pianist of roman polanski while i was in warsaw and it was shoot in warsaw and it's like, literally adrian brody playing the piano in the warsaw ghetto yeah yeah, yeah. And I was ah! staying in Warsaw and I was like, okay, I I want to watch this movie. And it felt so bad. I cried for the whole movie and I can't like I couldn't watch movies after it for a month uh, because like oh. I thought, okay, war movies are not for me like now. I would never <laughs> do that again. Like, I don't know, maybe yeah. <laughs> maybe one day, but like for now, I just can't, you know. This is so similar. Like everything everything was um everything in in this movie was so relevant to me mm. yeah and artists in a time of war in a beautiful yeah. city yeah yeah 
Yeah, mm. and the the person who is about the art, and he is nothing about weapon and killing, but he has to experience it somehow, you know. Yeah. And I was just sitting and watching and crying, and I thought, why am I watching this? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but my husband is watching war movies every day since the war started. So I don't know. It depends, you know. Depends and on what you need, right? Like I've probably, I've seen yeah. videos of um of men, you know, in in trenches in Ukraine watching like, oh, we're so we're we're streaming the new season of Love and Robots on Netflix. <laughs> like, yes, they have internet. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> even there, in, yeah. even on the front line. Even you on know? the front line, yeah. Yeah, so, people need or Yeah, you know. probably I, like I ask him why how can you do that? Yeah. Isn't that too difficult for you? And he's saying that no, I feel I need it. Yeah. I he some somehow lives this emotion. So it some somehow helps him. Yeah. But I try to watch something very different. And yeah. this makes me kind of entertain and forget for, for some time. So, yeah, I'm back to movies right now, but it took me time. Okay. Okay. And if you have any suggestions for Christina about stuff she can watch that's not The Pianist, maybe <laughs> some suggestions on some of the best uh, independent uh locally shot independent films that will get love to. Christina up to speed on. Uh, I mean, besides listening to the previous 224 episodes of the Wavier Screen Scene podcast. <laughs> um, is there anything we've missed? Is there anything you would like to tell Canadians about where you've come from or where you'd like to be? I would love to say that I know it's very difficult when you live in the beautiful city, in safe city, when it's summer going on and a lot of blooming flowers around. It is very difficult to think of someone killing innocent people mm. in, on this planet right now, but we don't have to forget about the war in Ukraine yeah. because it's still there. People are still dying every day. And um, we feel that the problem is that world is kind of exhausted of this news. Mm. But imagine we are more exhausted because it didn't end. Yeah. And I would like to ask listeners not to forget about the war. Read about it, post, support, donate. We... We are all living the same planet mm -hmm. where, unfortunately, Russia exists, still exists. And we just need, everybody needs to do something with it. Yeah. At least not forget about it. Yeah. I will put in the in the footnotes for this episode some links to uh, some resources uh, where if you have... Even if it's the, like maybe it's your coffee budget for the week, you can donate it and make a difference. You can help Ukrainians who are on the ground in Ukraine, Ukrainians who are away from home. You can help animals as well. I know that uh, with my co-producer, Adrian Petzrio, we raised $37,200 for the Canada-Ukraine Foundation. Thank you for uh, that. This is great. Well, and they are, uh, they are a remarkable uh, organization. And the funds went to Ukrainians inside and outside of Ukraine, as well as to some organizations that serve animals. Yeah, they're suffering um, too, yeah, of course. They, and they can't help themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Christina Sivolap. Sivolap? Sivolap. Sivolap, yeah. Sivolap, right. okay. Christina Sivolap. Thank you for being here today, Yakuyu. Where can our fans find you, follow you, celebrate you, send you some jobs uh, on social media? <laughs> Instagram. Yeah, I'm on Instagram. You're on Instagram? Okay. All right. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Thank you for inviting me. It was a big pleasure for me to chat with you today. Yeah, and thank you for raising all the super important topics for me and for for the world, I hope. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Daku. I can't wait to visit you in in Kiev one day as oh, well. Oh, please come. Yeah, please. we'll go. We'll go to a, we'll go to a hipster bar. Yeah, we have a lot of them. <laughs> a lot. 
And uh, yeah, and then we'll share photos on the internet, which they have <laughs> in Ukraine. Oh my God. All right, all right. Thank you, listeners, for joining us today. Please like, subscribe, leave us a review if you are so inclined. They help us find even more listeners and we can keep having conversations like the one that we had today. You can find us at www.yvrscreenscene.com. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at YVRScreenscene and at Sabrina. The YVR Screen Scene Podcast is hosted and executive produced by me, Sabrina Ronnie Meta Ferminger. I'm the only one to blame. And it's edited by Simon Ferminger. Special thanks to Mariana Ferminger for recording our Patreon ad, to Paul Ferminger for technical support. See, I told you we are a family business here, Christina. That's nice. And, <laughs> and to Dane, not Ferminger Devil. Poor not Ferminger Dane for the original music. YVR Screen Scene is a division of Fish Flight Entertainment. Join us next time for another deep dive into Vancouver's dynamic film and television scene. Slava Ukraini! Heroim Slava! This ad begins with a story about an important but largely forgotten piece of Hollywood North history, the fish flight. In the 1980s, the fish flight was an early morning flight from Vancouver that delivered fresh fish to Los Angeles before the start of the business day. These were the early days of Hollywood North, before digital deliveries and fast transfer speeds, and the pioneers of the Vancouver film industry began loading up the fish flight with film reels so Hollywood execs could review the footage shot on the previous day. The fish flight was also one of the building blocks of the visual effects and animation mecca that is present-day Vancouver. And Fish Flight Entertainment builds on this legacy. Fish Flight Entertainment serves the games, film, and television industries. We remember the days of the fish flight and attack our projects with the same passion as those pioneering days of yore. We believe in jumping off the cliff and building our wings on the way down. And who knows? That old fish with improvised wings may even fly. Learn more about Fish Flight Entertainment at fishflightentertainment.com. That's fishflightentertainment.com.